0: You're listening to All The Backlist, a weekly show about books that aren't new. I'm your host for the week, Trisha Brown, and this is episode number 408.5. Welcome to the show, everybody, and welcome to April. This is the second month, actually, in a row that I get to do the first episode of the month, which you probably don't care about, but I kind of like welcoming us all to a new month. So there you are. Welcome. I have got a few books for you today. I think I'm going to try to sneak in three. Don't tell anyone. And all of them fall under one of my favorite classifications of books, which is retellings. There is, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of things to love about retellings of classic stories. One of them is that you can do retellings in basically any genre. Plus, if you loved the original, it's fun to find little references that you might be into and might recognize, kind of like little Easter eggs, which, hey, turns out uh, timely. So that's fun. But I think maybe my favorite thing about retellings is the way that they allow for stories to be told in new, different, more inclusive ways and kind of give the creativity, you know, to a writer who might have a different identity or a different perspective than the original authors. Because, let's face it, a lot of the stories that we consider to be recognizable classics, like the kinds of stories that enough people know and recognize that they can be told, are by people like Shakespeare or Jane Austen white Western writers telling stories about white people. Retellings can take classic stories and allow new readers and new audiences to see themselves reflected in those classic stories, and who doesn't love that? I will tell you about a few of my favorites in just a minute. All right, before the break, I mentioned Jane Austen as an author whose stories are regularly retold. In fact, I think there is a contingent of us from a certain generation who can recite every line of Clueless, but may well not have actually read Emma, or not read the whole thing. My apologies to my ninth grade English teacher. Uh, and I think it makes sense that we keep coming back to Austin's stories. They are relatable, they're familiar, they're witty, they have compelling characters. Uh, author Sonali Dev has written an entire series, actually, based on Austen's novels, and one of those books is the first one that I'm going to talk about today. Recipe for Persuasion is a retelling of, you guessed it, Persuasion. Dev's book, The Retelling, is a story of a chef in modern-day California who, out of desperation, financial desperation specifically, agrees to be on a show called Cooking with the Stars, which is exactly what it sounds like. Ashna, who is the chef, gets paired with a soccer star or a football star, if that is your preferred you know sport uh his name is rico he's super famous he's super talented and he also happens to be her first and frankly only love it did not end well between these two which maybe you're starting to see where the connection with the original persuasion is coming in i actually don't have any particular feelings about austin's persuasion but devs retelling is one of my favorite books of the last few years I do need to pause to warn you right now that this book was marketed, at least in some ways, as a rom-com. And that is not what this is. So know that going in. There is a lot of trauma in this book. And if you are a person who wants to be aware of content and trigger warnings before picking up a book, I would do a quick Google search on this one to look for content warnings. That's actually true of all of the books I'm going to talk about today, because I don't trust my memory, frankly, enough to enumerate them for you. And I would hate to miss anything. So, if that's the thing you want to know, do a quick search. As I said, there is trauma in this book, there's drama in this book, and those things help to explain how the relationship between these two main characters, a chef and a football player, broke so badly years before. It helps explain a lot of what happened to them in the interim and then why it's so difficult for them to reconnect and rebuild. It sounds like a romance, but Recipe for Persuasion doesn't actually sit solidly in the romance category because there is a lot of focus on the families of the main characters. And because Dev does something that I think is really interesting, maybe halfway or so through the book, where she introduces a third point of view from a character whose perspective I think adds a lot of depth and dimension to mention the story. I think it was a really interesting approach. Um, like I said, I love this book. I felt like all of the drama makes the ending that much more satisfying. So regardless of whether or not you have feelings about Persuasion, pick up Recipe for Persuasion. So slightly more modern than Austen's books, but for many of us equally familiar, uh, maybe even more familiar, is The Sound of Music. The musical is by Rodgers and Hammerstein. The movie starred Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. And let's face it, also kind of starred the Alps. We can all remember the scene of Maria dancing and singing. Anyway, uh, the retelling is It Takes Two to Tumble by Cat Sebastian. This book uh, was published in 2017, and the Captain Von Trapp character is Captain Philip, a naval captain in the early 19th century who's been off at sea for several years while his wife raises their children. Unfortunately, his wife has died, and Philip has to return home to arrange care for his children, make sure that someone is taking care of their house, all of those things, all while struggling with grief, not so much for his wife, although obviously he loved her, but he has dealing with a different secret loss that he can't talk with anyone about. Enter our second main character, Ben, who is uh, less of a problem than Maria from our classic story, but still religious. Ben is the vicar, who is tasked with helping care for Philip's three children, we're basically just agents of chaos. Certainly, they are grieving their mother, of course, but yeah, there's a lot of chaos there. You might recognize some children you know in the children in this story. Uh, anyway, Philip and Ben both have their own issues. Ben is engaged to a woman in town, for one, uh, but they hit it off. And although there's depth and exploration of love and grief and what it means to have to hide those things, Sebastian is also a ready writer who's Secondary characters help kind of to keep things light. Um, In this case, I would keep an eye on Ben's dad, an eccentric poet who I found to be delightful. Uh, Also great news, this is the first in a trilogy. So if you like this book, you have got some options. Last but not least, we are going way, way back uh, with a retelling of the Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Never Look Back by Lilian Rivera is a YA book set in modern day and set in the Bronx. Fius is a teenager who lives in the Bronx full time, and Yuri is in town visiting family for the summer while she struggles to overcome the post-traumatic stress she's dealing with following her experience living through Hurricane Maria. She's from Puerto Rico, so she's, again, just in town for the summer. And it turns out that the PTSD is not the only thing haunting her, which you will find out more about if you pick this one up. Phoeus is a musician just like his greek namesake yuri is the girl he can't get out of his mind as the two get to know each other on the beach and in the city this could you know just be a typical very well-written coming-of-age love story but eventually things take a turn into magical realism and the story starts to more closely follow the blueprint of the original legend For those who are familiar with the classic version, the title Never Look Back might ring a bell as to one of the aspects of that story. But even if you don't know the myth, I would say pick this one up. I actually don't read a ton of YA, but this book reminded me that I should read more. Rivera's uh, storytelling in particular I found to be really immersive. You genuinely feel like you are at the beach with these teenagers and their mean friends in some cases, uh, also relatable. Um, and then later you feel the stakes and the intensity when they are in other places, which again, we're not going to spoil anything, but you'll get there if you read the book. Honestly, since I read this book, I've been kind of hoping that Rivera will write more retellings of ancient stories in this style, but I don't know her. So if any of you do and want to make that suggestion, feel free to do so on my behalf. Uh, All right. Those are my three retellings for you for the week. Links to A Recipe for Persuasion, It Takes Two to Tumble, and Never Look Back are right there in your show notes. Thanks, as always, to our sponsor. And a huge thanks as well to our wonderful audio editor, Jen Zink. And thanks to you, of course, for listening. For more Rex or general bookishness, you can check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or you can just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice, your podcatcher, if you will. I'm bringing it back. Uh, You can find a list of the books I mentioned today, as I mentioned in the show notes, you know, in your podcatcher, or by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And remember, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist, and you want to show a little love, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We sincerely appreciate the review, and it does help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me, you can mostly do that on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. And until we talk again, please take good care, happy reading, and enjoy your month.